Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. What? Hello, welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. I am confused in your face, Holly, from Blackburn. How are you, Vic? I'm not too bad. Listen, our listeners and yourself and myself might be slightly confused, but there's a mm. load of cats out there going mental right now. Why? Because of the things I said. Yeah. Deal with it. Okay. This is a, believe it or not, people, this is a podcast about arcade machines and the love of playing arcade games. Is it not, Mr. Holly? It flipping is. So, tell me what you've been up to. We always do this. What have you been up to, son? Uh, we do 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 this. I have been to Play Expo Manchester. Indeed last, you have. Last Saturday. Was it good? It was excellent. What did you get up to? Uh, Tons. I think what people say is it's a more of a corporate event, and because of the size of it, it's not so friendly as, say, your revivals or your nerds. Yeah. But it's a great, great place to meet people, listeners, podcasters, YouTubers, like networking. It's great. Networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still there. You're networking. Yeah, okay, yeah, networking, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. No, not, not that kind of networking. No, not nets and work. Jeff Minter's Polybius. Poly, poly, Polybius. Polybius. Tell me. Yes. We need to talk about your pronunciations later on. Tell I'm me a... about Polybius, because <laughs> Polybius is a myth, isn't it? It's a mythical yeah. arcade machine that was set up in the 80s, supposedly by the CIA, to mm. control the minds of youngsters. So mm. what is Jeff doing with it? I saw him on... I was helping James RGP set up the arcade on the Friday night. As you do. And he walked past Jeff Minter, and I looked... I said, hi, Jeff, how are you doing? I said, I interviewed interviewed you last year. Do you remember me? And he did! Really? I said, sorry, nothing ever came of the footage. It's still in someone's camera. Oh. Who will remain nameless. Yes. Yes. They need a slap. Yes. So what did he say about it? And he he was going to the bar, so he he was sort of of carrying on. Yeah. And I said... What, what you're up to now, and he just opened his jacket and said this, and he had a Polybius t-shirt on. Ooh. And I said, is that the game that killed people in the 80s? I didn't, <laughs> didn't quite get it right. And he laughed. He said, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it again. <laughs> so I've, I've been to see it, but I didn't have a game of it because the queues were massive. And it's a 3D shooter. Yeah. It's got elements of Tempest again, but it's more of a... And you you dodge stuff as well. There's like huge bricks coming towards you. It's kind of like a blocky kind of a graphic thing with the amazing colors that Jeff puts into it. That sounds pretty groovy. I bet it's great on VR because it's for PlayStation VR. VR? Mm. (sighs) Everyone that played it said it were fantastic. I'm not mad on VR. Can we not just put in an arcade cab instead of the spinner? Mm? Mm -mm. Mm? That's what I think. I think so. Mm. We'll have two versions. That'd be nice. Mm. Yeah. So... Tell me about the quiz you did. I listened to it. It's pretty good. Yes. On the grass, 
outside outside of play expo we did the megacast three which is the third podcast i've done with the rgds boys and sort of other people that turn up like maximum power up and dreamcast junkyard and this time there was i think there was 11 people we had rgds a few members of them Mm -hmm. maximum power up paul maximum power up a couple of games you loved guys yeah a couple of listeners and just an odd dog that wandered into the to the mix as well couple of hedgehogs maybe i don't know mm. nice. and it was yeah really interesting i made up some questions so i was a quiz master so check that out on rgds podcast search for that and it's called the megacast three i think a lot of people who listen to this probably listen to rgds and maximum power up and all those sorts of podcasts anyway i would have thought mm. if they got any sense they should mm. so RGDS is growing quite a lot. They're sort of like the So Solid crew of podcasting now, aren't they? <laughs> I thought that, yeah. How many seconds have they got to go? Uh, 21. Very well done. Mm. Yeah, there's two more members, I think, that are joined as well. Oh, my Lord. He's roping this them in be, left, right and centre, isn't he? Old Andy Godoy. Sucking up all the podcasters in the country. And do you know what I found out the other day? This was really cool. I found this out on the Twitter feed. This is not anything to do with arcade, but it made me and wife laugh for hours. <laughs> there's a guy on the internet called the oatmeal he does comics he's really good matthew inman i think his name is yeah. and he put a tweet on there saying my favorite word is booby trap because spelt backwards it's party boob oh, right and yeah. then in the car when i read this i started laughing and i said to the wife about it she started sort of a normal giggle and i said and i started doing it in a in a peter griffin voice and oh, she yeah. repeated it over and over again and it's very satisfying mm, go on party boob booby trap <laughs> Party boob, booby trap. Party boob, booby trap. I do it often at work now. People look at me. Ah, Not sure why. Mm. Any road, do you want to know what I've been doing? Go on. Nothing. Nothing at all. No, I've been so busy. This this podcast, listeners, unfortunately, will be quite a short one, I think, because I've got to go out again tonight. Mr. Holly's going away for a weekend. All this week, I've been mad at work. Every single night this week, I've been going into London from where I either driving in with wife or going via trains and such to watch films from the BFI for the London Film Festival because it's on at the moment. And we had a film every night of the week and tonight mm. and tomorrow and the next day and we've got Mark Kermode's lecture on Monday. So mm. we haven't had a lot of time to do stuff like research. I've had a few games of our game, which we'll mm. talk about later. I've managed to squeeze a few in for my duties. Uh, so things are going to be a bit missing this week but we will make them up to our listeners, won't we? Of course we will. Oh, of course we will. But... Since then, since the last time I spoke to you, I last the Sunday we did the podcast in the evening. We had to do it early, didn't I? I went out to see mm. a band called Mesh. Do you know yeah. Mesh? Uh, yeah, I have heard of them. A bit of electronic, along with the rocky vocal stuff, and yeah. it really, yeah. really good. I've never seen a bad Mesh gig. I've seen them about five or six times. Really, really good. Playing songs mm. of the new album. If you like Depeche Mode and stuff like that, you'll love Mesh. Go and see them, kids. I think. How long have they been going? Because a long oh, time. A long, long time. I was, the first time I saw them was 93. Yeah, I've, I think I may have had one of their albums at some point. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. The, new, the two new albums and the brand new album, I've not listened to too much, but the, fir- the two before that are excellent. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Really, really good. I don't have any albums left from the 90s because I sold them all for biscuits. Well, I don't blame you. Mm. Can't eat CDs, can you? No. Oh, no. Nope. And also, talking to bands, I went to see White Lies last Thursday as well. They did a really tiny gig in, in Kingston. It was really, really good. 
But mm-hmm. that Thursday, this is another thing that killed me as well for the, most of the weekend, actually. I had a migraine at work. I had to come home early. And I knew I was going out that night. I thought, oh, my God, I'm not going to make this. It's going to ruin it because it was really cheap tickets. And it's on our doorstep. I was looking forward to seeing them. So was wife. And I came home, went straight to sleep. And she sort of woke me up about, about 8, I think. So it was quite a late gig. They were on last. And we went down there. And I still felt horrible. And it was all dark and obviously lights in there and blaring music. I thought, oh, my God. I put some earplugs in. We got some earplugs off one of the bouncers there. I felt fine. <laughs> yeah. And it was really good. Yeah, the earplugs just deaden all the horrible noises, like the real deep basses and the hiss. And it, yeah. Because I, I often see people at gigs wearing earplugs. I think, what are they doing? They won't be able to hear anything. But it just it sort of cancels the noise, almost like noise-canceling headphones, I suppose. And I really enjoyed myself. And they played really well. The songs off their new album as well. Absolutely amazing. I wear them all the time at work, earplugs. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wear my noise cancelling headphones at work in mm. cancel mode or listening to stuff. So it just sort of it blocks out all the hiss because a lot of hiss and we use a lot of compressed air at work and it's quite noisy. Mm. And then you've got the, the machines making noise and stuff as well. And I don't like to talk to anyone or listen. I, I had some, some of those. I think they were noise cancelling because I, I, I've sort of uh, hard of hearing in my left ear quite, you know, not too bad. But Yeah, you're a bit mutton. Yeah, so the nurse at work says, right, I'll give you these special ear, ear muffs, so I put them on. Were they pink but and I, fluffy? No, they were an asshole. And I, I carry around this radio so they, the office can get in touch with me at any time, and yeah. I couldn't hear any. Couldn't hear them. <laughs> where, where have you been? I, said, oh, I can't hear this. So I had to take them out and put the normal earplugs in. Oh. Do you know what I've been doing arcade-wise? I've been doing a few things arcade-wise. I want to try to squeeze them in. Mm, have you fallen in love with Bullet Hell and you're playing every game there ever was? No. Oh, are you surprised? Yeah. I'll tell you what I've been doing. You know I've got the new Centipede, and I am absolutely itching and dying to play the damn thing. I've had a little game on it when it wasn't quite working, so things weren't really right. I, I really love Centipede. This is as close to a grail cab as I've ever got. I've never yeah. really wanted or hankered that much for a cabinet, but this one was quite difficult to find, and I really like playing it, and to play it properly, you've got to play it on the arcade cab, with the trackball, I think, <laughs> and now I've got one, it's not quite there, it's not quite working, so I've been trying to do bits and bobs to it, and one one of the uh, PCBs I've got is being repaired, as we speak, hopefully, and the other one isn't quite there, it's not got some problems with it, but I've been making some bits and bobs to try and get it up along, restored, and... You know what an Atari button cone is? Yes. Yeah. Right. Trying to explain to people who don't know what it is, Atari used to use these little cones on their start buttons. There's a tiny little sort of red LED button that lights up when you press when you put some money in the machine mm. to press start. And it's got a little sort of volcano cone button, a 45 degree button around it. Some of them are 60 degrees. And these buttons are really hard to find. They're about £25 to buy now, complete, if you can get them, because they're not made anymore. You have to harvest them off old Atari machines that have been scrapped, basically. And they're quite hard to find. I've got quite a few machines now that have got them. And I thought to myself, because the plastic top bit has got a screw thread inside, and it screws down onto the main button, and then the LED lit-up button inside goes through the middle of it, so you press that. And some machines have, like, the cones missing or whatever, they've been replaced with buttons. I thought, those cones, I must be able to make those. Mm-hmm. And we've got some black nylon at work, some inch diameter nylon. I thought, oh, I'll have a go at some of them. And I worked out what the thread was. It's a really weird thread. It's like 1132 UN thread, a really weird, odd thread. It's a thread mill. You, they couldn't find a proper tool for it. But I managed to do it, and I made about 15 of them. They're yeah, really neat. They look nicer than the original ones. 
Because the original mm. ones were just moulded things, sort of rough finish. These ones are turned and milled, and they look really, really nice. So I'm going to oh. put all my new mach- machines with new con- control buttons now, new Atari buttons. Oh, very nice. You could sell a few of them, couldn't you? I probably could, but I'll probably give them away, actually, just to mm. friends and, and family. Hey, mm. there you go, Mum. Have a Atari cone button. <laughs> For Christmas. Yes, you're mad. Keep away from me. <laughs> yes, I've done some of those. Mm. Also, the machine came without any feet on it because Atari machines have got these little feet on there, sort of like leveled feet. Mm, I know what you mean. And mm. the original ones are just steel, and they've got a little ball inside and a steel cup around the wheel. And basically, yeah. it just wears through. When you shift the machine around hard ground, it wears through. And I usually call them carpet rippers because when you move them across carpet, they rip carpet. They're awful things. Mm. They, they just don't work very well. Where they're sort of embedded into the wood... And there's these things called T-nuts, which bite into the wood, and they've got a thread inside. It just wears out. It knackers really quickly. So what I've done is I've actually made some reproduction feet with nylon bottoms to them, with with M10 screw threads. So they're a lot sturdier than the originals. And I made some for Milky, because he wanted some for his... I think he was one of his racing cabs or something, he said. Like a hang-on cab. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you move the cab around without any feet on it, it starts chewing at the bottom of the wood, which is never good. So I made him some feet. I've just sent them off tomorrow morning. I'm going to send them off to him. They look really neat. I'm going to do myself a few sets from a battle zone and my centipede. And I think my asteroids has got feet missing as well. So I'll make a batch of them for myself. Mm, why not? Yeah. As I said earlier, it's in lots of films. I went to the Ledbury for our two-star dinner, two-Michelin-star dinner with wife, because it was our anniversary last Sunday, which was ace. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. It's two-star. It doesn't sound that good. Is it better than Greg's? It's quite a bit better than Greg's, yeah. <laughs> Do you know how much it cost me for two of us? Go on. A monkey. How much is that in? 500. No! Yay! But it was totally really? worth it. We had a really good time. It was really wow. ace. We had matching wines, which are quite expensive as well. You have a glass of different wine for every course, and there's seven courses. Mm. Do you know how many pork pies from Greg's? 578,000. Sausage rolls you can get. Sausage roll! Quite a few. Mm. But it, was an, it was an anniversary, and it was it was really worth it, and I don't begrudge paying at all. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, that's great. You've got to do those things. Special. Yeah, we, we do it for a birthday normally. Sometimes we go Christmas for maybe a lunch, which is cheaper. And anniversary, we didn't go away, so I thought, sod it. Let's uh, splash out a bit. Why not? Why not? Awesome. It was. Really enjoyed it. What I didn't enjoy was everyone on their flipping mobile phones. Oh, that gives me the... Oh, it's so annoying. You see people in there, they're paying a fortune for a meal... Basically, these these guys who or guys and girls who, who cook the food and serve the food are absolute top notch experts, and yeah. I really appreciate the work they do. And you got people just chewing away on a mobile, looking at a mobile phone, and taking pictures of everything. Oh, mm. it's so annoying. <laughs> oh, so what else I did. Go I on. made I made a point of watching Man vs Snake. Yes, good. Do you know what I did? Yes. Watch out for snakes. Yes. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's a good, isn't it? I, I think yeah. it's the, one of the best arcade-based films since The King of Kong. I yeah. concur. Mm. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Mm, I liked it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it a few weeks ago. I, but I still don't like the game much. Mm, I kind of like it, and then it gets so fast, so quick. Yeah, it's so it, quick, you just can't deal with it, can you? Mm, it's, mm. A tr- it's a tricky one. I'll tell you another thing I've done as well. Another bit of a moan. Mm. Um, I've got Four cabinets, mini, mini cabinets or cabarets, if you like, they all need black three-quarter-inch T-moulding, 
you know, protective yep. T-Mold, go on the edges. And mm-hmm. I was going to get it from T-Molding in America because that's T-Molding.com is like the place to get it from. It's the cheapest place in the world. They've got everything. They've got pink, blue, orange, green, yellow, red spots. Well, maybe not. They've got all the colours. Mm. And they've got all the sizes from like, I think, half inch up to two inch di- uh, length, uh, width, sorry. And they do it in their per foot or whatever. And it's very, very cheap, very good. I've got them from... From them before when I ordered a load of stuff, I think I got sixty feet before. But I need a hundred feet to do my four cabs because it goes right from the front all the way around the back as well. Yeah. So I thought I'll get it from there, and then what I'll do is I'll get it sent to Whitney from the Broken Token, mate of mine, uh, in America, and then get him to send it to me as a gift, so I won't get hit by, you know, the, the import duties and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the amount of money it was is not a lot in dollars. And then it was like another $13 delivery to Whitney. Then it will be at least $30 or not more to me. And if mm. I get hit, you can get hit apparently even for gifts with uh, with the import duty. And I worked it all out and looked at the money. And then I realized it wasn't much more money to get it all from the UK. There's one place in the UK. I think they get it from tmolding.com and then just put a bit of a, a price on top. Mm. I got it from them. Because our currency at the moment is so pathetic it, mm, it is. It's hardly worth... So, yeah, thanks a lot, Brexit. <laughs> I have to get my bloody team order from the UK. Rubbish. <laughs> yeah, but I just got a, a, a bulk load of it, basically. Well, that'll keep you going for a bit. Yeah, it will, actually. Got plenty of uh, tapping in of team order to do. And uh, hopefully, tonight when I get back from the cinema, I'm not going to work tomorrow, I'm going to have a late night. I'm going to go in there and do some stuff to Centipede. I'm going to rewire the harness... I'll do a few things to the PCB, a few spares for that. I'm going to put the trackball back together with a brand new brand new ball I got for it. I've got a cue ball for it. And I cleaned up the bearings, cleaned it all out. Done quite a few things, but I just want to get it together and hopefully it might make it work, but I don't think it will. I'm just hoping. Can I rattle on about Play Expo Manchester again? You can it? indeed, because it sounded quite good. You enjoyed yeah. yourself. There's the bat- a battle zone game that we spoke about a while ago that was well, it's not Atari really, but someone's licensed the Atari name Battle Zone and now it's a VR game Ugh. on PS4. Everyone that played it again says it's brilliant, but there was massive queues, so I didn't bother. I can't I don't think I'll ever get into VR, you know. I don't think it's gonna catch on. Mm. I got a feeling that um this augmented reality will do better. Yeah, because you don't need any of the gear for it. You just need a mobile phone or a three DS or whatever, and you just sort of look through the phone at something, and the camera looks at whatever you're looking at, and then adds things to it, which is the augmented part of it. Because I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen wife playing that silly Pokemon game, and it's quite clever how it works. Mm. Um, and I think that's going to catch on more. Or I hope it will, because you don't need all the, the expensive gear for it, and then you're not going to have to update the gear and get better gear when it gets better and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, not sure about that. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, me neither. Well, when they can do a two D, when they can do a vertical scrolling shoot 'em up that is as playable as a standard two D shoot 'em up, I will be convinced. I don't think we're ever going to get convinced. I'd like that as well. Mm. One last thing we I'd done recently, I found this cool eighties logo generator. We we'll put this in the show notes. Mm. It made me That's smile. Not- I liked it. Not seen that yet. Yeah, it's you can just like do like really cheesy sort of logos. They look like sort of um, like quiz show logos from the eighties, like play your <laughs> cards right and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's quite cool. Guess what? What? 
I was at Play Expo, right, talking to Jake and Amy, who are from Blackburn, but also now in the Maximum Power Up team. Oh, yes, they are, yeah. They're hoovering up people as well, Maximum Power She's only been on there once, and I like what she said. I'd like to hear her again. Twice, is she? Twice now, yeah, Amy. Oh, cool. And also speaking to Mike Heald, who's doing the Wolverblade game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I stood there, and and I was... I was waiting to speak to Jeff Minter and I still eventually didn't get to speak to him because it was late. Oh. Apart from that first night. So there was Jeff Minter. He was talking to Kevin Toms, who did the original football manager game. Yeah, old chin glove. Yep. He hasn't got a chin glove anymore. Oh. He's about six foot five as well. Oh, wow. And behind them walked John Hare, who was who did sensible soccer. Yeah. And all that stuff from the 80s. So I said to the three I was talking to, I said, you know, this is a surreal moment looking at all these 80s programming legends. And someone come up behind me and dig me in the ribs. You know, someone comes up and digs yeah. you. And it was Jim Bagley. Hey, another, another <laughs> so, 80s ledge. So there's four programming legends in 10 square feet. I cannot wait to see Jim's version of Bomb Jack on the Vectrax. It's on hold at the minute because he's doing his, because he's employed doing VR. So he's doing that at the moment. He is a busy bunny, isn't he? He is. Because he was going to do Fix-It Felix on World Cup 90 arcade hardware. Mm-hmm. I actually bought a World Cup 90 PCB original for that, because it can be converted into Pac-Man, and they call it Pac-90. Ooh. And he was going to do Fix-It Felix on there. And I think he, he shelved it in the end, because he's such a busy bloke. He did have The Force Awakens Star Wars running on a Spectrum at the show. Really? I don't know if it was a Spectrum next but it was a Spectrum. It was like the 240 by 160 graphics or whatever. So wow. he somehow digitised it and it all runs. Digitised? Digitised. Digitised. Do you know what? I've got a really cold foot at the moment. Mm, have you got it in a, a bucket of water? or? No, I've got one sock on and one sock as my pop filter on the microphone, as I usually do. <laughs> it smells slightly of Cheetos, my mic. Mm. Have you not got more than two socks in your whole house then? Well, I sort of took it off as I... Got you on Skype, so I didn't have to run off and get another sock. Oh, yeah, right. I usually forget, and then at the last minute I think, oh, pop filter, and just pop a sock on it. Mm. Pop a sock on it. That's going to be my new catchphrase. Hey, Sean, pop a sock on it. (laughs) Yeah, and that, is that it from what we've been up to? We've both been up to a hell of a lot. Oh, I went to Arcade Club Club After Play Expo, so that whole day was great. Oh, that sounds awesome. Little party at the end, brilliant. And and Play Expo the next day, and loading up late into the night on the Sunday night. And get well Dan Flig, who literally fell off the back of a lorry loading up. Oh, dear. Bless him. I I think he's all right. He's he's broken. (laughs) Sorry, Dan, that just sounds hilarious. Hope you're all right. Both of his heels, I think. Oh, oh, sorry, I laughed, Dan. That sounds really painful. I hope you get better soon. Some kind of bone that begins with C in his heel. Oh, yeah. Chin? No. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll send him this in the hope he gets better soon. Mm. Oh, the poor bloke. Mm. Arcade news. So tell me some stuff that happened in, in Italia. Yeah, you know we were always going on about Eurocade and how good it is. It is, we missed it this year. Damn it! But there's another arcade meet that I knew nothing about that was in September. And it's in Bagnatica. Just... Uh, what? Magnatica. Yeah. And the, some the guys just put it well, a few couple of weeks ago he's put it on Dragon's Lair Forum. The third or fourth of September is Arte Art Arte, 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 Arcade Italia. 
the event. Did you just go and, into elevator mode then? Uh, yeah, I thought I was in an elevator. I love elevators. They're great. You go up without walking and take great. Oh, magic stairs. Magic stairs. Right, calm down. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Roll that chin glove back up. Go again. Arcade Italia, yeah. an event in Italy, strangely. Strangely, I think the clue is in the name. It is. And there's some great cabs in all these pictures. We'll have to put a link and some old jukeboxes. But some of them I don't recognise. I think they must be sort of native to Italy, some sort of homegrown cabs. Do you know what? Mm. Italy had quite a few manufacturers and there were a lot of licensed cabs, maybe bootlegs as well, but I think a lot were licensed. You've got Zaccaria. Yeah, we know them, don't we? You've got Model Racing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you've got... What's that one that RGP's got the missile command of? Sidam or Sidam. They're Italian as well, I believe. Oh, I didn't know they were Italian. Yeah. So there's quite a few homegrown bits there. And also Hantrax, which is a lot of uh, very common monitors in the UK and mm-hmm. Europe, they were in Forenza in Italy as well. I didn't know so that. So Italy had a thriving arcade scene. I'd like to go to Italy and play some old arcade machines. I mean, they've got some really awesome, cool, almost unique cabs there, I would have thought. Yeah, I think so. Some of these I don't recognise anyway. But I'll look at that later. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll look at that. It's just a thread on DLF. Yeah, and the link will be in the show notes. Yes! Guess what? Apparently, the original Twin Galaxies arcade in Atomwa, the one that was held by, by Wall today, is reopening. This is where he started off the Twin Galaxies world records. And mm. it was actually an arcade in the 80s. So it's got a 35th anniversary reopening... And it's been masterminded by Mr. Nibbler, Tim McVeigh. Yeah. Earlier. If you read the post, this is on a Facebook page that's, that's turned up, Atomna, yeah. Atomwa Twin Galaxies Arcade. It's actually not reopening. It's just the it's just the 35th anniversary event. Oh, I see. But they have plans and they're trying to make it a permanent arcade. And he's put actually in the description, he said, sorry if I've misled people, this is not actually a, a permanent arcade. Ah. It, is a, it is an event in the same place. Okay. But hopefully, mm-hmm. cabs will go in there and be an arcade again. Mm, wouldn't that be Keep great? On, that, that'd be really good, yeah. It'd be awesome going to Twin Galaxies, wouldn't it? Yeah, where, where all the high score shenanigans started. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Mm. An uber rare Nintendo Monkey Magic cab appears Monkey on Yahoo. Magic. What? But you used to watch that Monkey Magic. Oh God, yes. The nature of Monkey was irrepressible. Oh, I used to love that. It's amazing. I used to love his chops. I used to karate chop the wall. Yeah, well, I used to go to school with red wellies on, and I made myself a gold headband as well and a yellow sash. Did you? I must have looked right, Nana. <laughs> But I a cool ninja in Nana. Yes. I think it's actually been sold now, but this is in Japanese. Yep. This was... Monkey Magic is a really cool Breakout clone, but with lots of twists. In mm. fact, it's even better than Breakout. So I've played it on MAME. It's really good. And it was a really rare game. I don't think it ever came out, but a few cabs were made. And Alex Nintendo Arcade, Chucky Egg, is very excited about this. Because like Skyskipper, he believed it was never released. And now we know it was released. And it's mm. been sold on uh, Japanese Yahoo Japan auctions. I think, yeah, it has been sold. It says here 379,000 yen. Ooh. We can put xc.com up and have a look see how much that is. Do you want me to do it now? Go for it. xc.com. Yeah. 
Here we go. Here we go. Three hundred seventy-nine thousand, two thousand nine hundred eighty-five pound. That is not a lot. You reckon? I thought that would go for way more than that. I thought it would go wow. for ten grand. Someone's got a bargain there, because the the game obviously worked because it had the screen burn on the actual screen. But I'm not sure if it was working. But I'm sure mm. someone could get that fixed pretty easy, especially if they got three grand to spend on the actual coming. Probably afford five hundred quid to get it fixed. But also, apparently, according to Alex. The same person put up another sheriff cab, exactly the same as Alex's. So Alex now knows there is two in the world, one in, mm. including his. So yeah, that kind of stuff, some really cool Nintendo stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's quite a nice artwork, that as well. Very minimalist, I like it. All them arrows going up the side of the cab. It is a nice looking cabinet. It's very different to the Donkey Kong ones and the sort of later later cabinets they sort of settled on. Mm, it's, I think it's before they got the sort of... The characters in the designs and everything, and yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. Right, this one we can actually speak about this now. I knew about this months and months ago, but mm. I couldn't say anything about it because it's a TV program. Now, do you ever watched the program Black Mirror? No, but I want to. Oh, I'm a very big fan. It's mm. Charlie Brooker, who's a big gamer, mm. and he's a writer and does Screen Burn and you know 2016 Burn and all this lot. And he does some really good programs. Really good writer as well. Very funny. I've read a few of his books. Mm. And he did Black Mirror. It's sort of like the dystopian stories about the future. And a lot of the stuff he's done before has nearly come true, or very close to coming true. So he's a bit of an Mm. oracle, this guy. And basically, they're doing one that's set either in the 80s. We've got a lot to do in the 80s. And RGP, our friend James Brindle, provided the cabinets for it. Mm. And I knew about this because it was in London. It was filmed, and I was hopeful. I was talking to James about it, and I said, oh, sort of interested, and said, oh, if you want any help, just give us a shout, and I'll come around. Mm. I said, please, get me some help. I want to go and see Charlie Brooker. But unfortunately, he didn't. Um, but that'll be coming out soon. Uh, they're, they're sort of advertising Black Mirror at the moment. Mm. There's three or four of them coming. They're really, really good. Quite chilling, some of the stories. Yeah, I quite fancy watching them. Yeah, yeah I, I, I knew about it last year as well. Yeah, of course you did. Mm. Yeah. So that is the news. Yes, the news for this week, kids. Not so many, not so much, but... Uh, it's good. It's good stuff. Arcade pickups. Right, some boring stuff, admin stuff, but still good and arcade related. Mm. So, firstly, I got a two and a quarter inch pool ball from Amazon, a brand new white pool ball, the cue ball. And this is for the trackball in my centipede. It's exactly the same size as an American cue ball, apparently. Oh, yeah. So, that's pretty good because the one I've got is here and it's a bit dirty. Dirty. And because I put a brand new white button on my centipede machine, the fire button, mm-hmm. it looks really yellow. And I put it in, I put it in bleachy water for a, a day or so, and give it a good scrub, and cleaned it off a lot better than it was. But it still isn't as white as the button. So I got this mm-hmm. brand new Amazon button, Amazon cue ball, not button, and it still isn't quite as white. It's slightly off color. Because yeah. I always thought cue balls were, were really bright white, but they're not. So I might have to try and find another ball from somewhere. So I'm not happy with it being slightly different colour to the, the, the push button. I'll change your button. Yeah, but you can't really get old-looking coloured buttons. You get white and that's it. Or use an old one. I don't really want to use an old one. I want it looking mm. old, fresh and minty. I want to lick it mm. and it tastes of Murray mints. <laughs> I, also, Very nice. I also got some 0.33 microfarad caps. And this is the centipede PCB. Because when I was looking at the PCB the other day trying to work out what was wrong with it, Probably in vain, know me, because I'm not very good at that sort of stuff. I did notice there was two capacitors on there, and it's not like the normal caps you're thinking of. It's sort of an old-fashioned one. It looks like a sort of um, 
It was like a jelly baby, I suppose, a flattened jelly baby with two legs sticking off of it. And it's mm. a certain certain material it's made out of. And one of them was twice as fat as the other. And you always know with capacitors, when they're about to go wrong, they, they bulge. Right. And I think, well, if it's not causing the problem with the PCB, which it probably isn't, it can't be good for it. So I've ordered some new ones, and I've got them now, and I'll be fitting them tonight when I get me time off, probably about midnight when I get back. Also got some transistors mm. for the Battlezone Mono, which are going to be replaced. Uh, there's two pairs of different transistors for it that go on the chassis of the monitor. And I've got to wait for the other two pairs to come, because they're not going to be here until November, because RS have ran out. Ooh. There must be a glut of people fixing Battlezone monitors. Possibly. Mm. Oh, ooh, this is what we both got. We got a care package from the Underground Retrocade. Yes, brilliant. Yes, this is Scott, you, Scott Lambert at the Underground Retrocade, which I've been to, and you need to go to, young man, in Chicago. Mm. Mm. He sent me... Oh, I don't know what you got, but I got a T-shirt. Really cool dark yep. blue T-shirt. It's massive as well. It's absolutely perfect. I like big T-shirts. With their mm. logo on, it's really cool. I got a signed Man vs. Snake poster. Yeah. And I got <laughs> uh, a keyring, an Atari keyring, and also yeah. a Hello Kitty, which is now yeah, is now guarding the wife's computer. Well, I gave. Um, I'm sorry to Scott, but I gave that away as the Mega Quiz prize. I gave it to whoever won it. <laughs> Who I put won? It, Matt, uh, can I say? Of course, I can say. Yeah, we've all listened. To it. Matt Aguilera won. Husband of Christina. Wife put it in a very nice sort of little girly bag with a, a prize written on it. <laughs> a prize. And then Hello Kitty had a little little sort of thing round the neck that wife did as well, saying, I won a quiz. So I presented it to Matt Aguilera. I win the quiz. <laughs> nice what was really fantastic, though, thanks, Scott, is the ticket to come at the plane ticket to go over to Chicago. What? Isn't that, a, isn't that great? Hold on a minute. Just fantastic. Where's my ticket, damn it? You know, get one. Oh, flipping didn't. He did say, and he written on the back, "Don't tell Vic." Rumpf. I'm going this weekend. <laughs> or not? What do you get for that? Um, yeah, no, I'm not going. Ne- yeah, that was brilliant. Next no, thanks, year we're going to go, son. We need to organise that. We have to. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. So that was lovely. Thank you very much for that. Uh, what else did I get? I think that's about it. Not been getting a lot of stuff lately, but I have ordered a few more things. Mm. As I do. Hopefully they'll be coming through soon. Any for you? I've got some more frangipanes. You're getting a bit addicted to those. You need to go on the frangipane yeah. cold turkey. <laughs> cold turkey's all right. It is all right, actually. Uh, uh. Onward. Yes. Listener feedback. Right, first one's smart, Charlie Farr. And he says, hmm, technically, if I have my own special track, I came first on Mappy. So you did. Mm. We have the Charlie Farr track because he's so good and beats everybody all the time. All the time. But he didn't on Mappy. But because he's in his own track, he did. He's won. Yes, well done. Nice one. Gary Ferguson says, "I love the podcast and glad I finally got to participate in the weekly game." Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. Enjoy that. Paul McCaskey. Those Mappy cartoons were by at Shifty Look, who made a number of Namco web comics, etc. And we've got a link there for him which we'll put in the show notes mm. tagster who's now in in australia he sent us a picture of himself as a little giddy wearing a hulk t-shirt in front of the duke of lancaster funship duke of lancaster classic funship that had lots of arcade cabinets in it that was really mm. good i love the 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 sort of 
essence of that time in wearing a Hulk t-shirt as well. It's really good. That must have been mm. early 80s, wasn't it? Uh, 81? Probably, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Steve Ridley, a.k.a. Monkey Junk, he says he can't wait to listen. Mm-hmm. Gary James Harris says, just caught up with the last three podcasts, off work, injured, and haven't been on Tinternet, because you know. Anyway, I played Mappy many moons ago, not a bad little game, and if you think about it, it's really close to how Bomb Jack works, i.e. collecting the items in an order if you want the highest scores and dodging those pesky little kitties. I would have got away with it if it wasn't for those pesky kitties. Pretty sure on the arranged version, the doors flip you up, throwing you up a level. They do. Oh, that's interesting. Right right on the very first screen i think wow because cool. that's that's all i played on it that that's a truncheon in mappy's hand and not a packet of biscuits i'm sure mappy is slang for a japanese copper oh. hello, hello, hello. yeah enough of that mr sean holly yes you are correct battle garega is getting a ps4 version but be wary it is 70 pound ish and, and you can only get a download code and there's no physical edition of the game and you need a japanese psn account to use it no no damn you garages furthermore you mentioned a ps4 shooter bullet hell game but no name it's caladrius blaze yes i remember it now nice name. what a great name caladrius blaze if i have any more kids i'm gonna call them caladrius blaze holly that's pretty good is, strong name son yeah getting a lot of playground fights wouldn't he or she <laughs> yes anyway it's good but i'd rather say the original xbox 360 version is much better i have that too pick supplied to tantalize mr holly's shooter fingers oh i haven't seen yes i have i've seen the pictures great pod as usual guys can we have a bit more of the 10 pence orchestra no! nice one gary no! yeah i'll see what they're doing they're, they're probably not in prison anymore i'll see if they can sing in, sometime. In retirement. Hooray Banana says, oh crap, never got a chance to drag the PCB out and play. He's on about Mappy. Mm. Oh, too busy. Craig Turner, great episode. Got to get my Space Invaders sorted out soon after that story that we, you know, we found it in the recording studio covered in Coke uh, Cola. Yes. A lot of my cabs were covered in Coca Cola as well. Sticky stuff. Mm. Ian Ski, (laughs) nice one. Been looking forward to this one. I love a bit of old Tempe. I do. Mm, sorry him last weekend nice one peter k man sweden thanks for the shout out get better he's got a man cold Ooh, boo. roger Cantor, another great episode and i'm with you victor mappy looks and sounds great but there's something about it that stops me loving it maybe it just needs a lot more play time mm. a lot mm. a lot yeah mr funhouse enjoyed the podcast very much cheers i am now thinking i should start back at number one. Ooh, be wary if you look, mm. if you go back to number one, the quality wasn't as good back then. Mm. Content wasn't bad, but quality wasn't so good. I think it's number. <laughs> I think it was episode six. We got a decent mic, so just be wary. Nez for life, Phil. Just listen to it now. Frangipans are delicious. Woo. Agree. The sixteen one needs an update. Game request: Zookeeper. What a game. We did Zookeeper mm. on podcast number two. Alex and I did that, mm. and I yeah. hated it. And then liked it. It's good when that happens. Yeah, I do like that sometimes. Sorry. Mm. I was like that with Jungler. Masked Dev, great to see Varkon get a mention because it was him that put it on Twitter. And thanks for the shout out, guys. Yeah, that was a really odd looking arcade cabinet with a pinball machine inside. Mm. Weird, but awesome. Great. Oh, this is a good one. Gareth Woodham is a chap, a listener, who used to live in Weymouth. I don't think he's there anymore, but he used to live in Weymouth where I used to live. And he dug out an old video 
he did of parts of Portland and Weymouth. And these are haunts I used to attend when I was younger. And mm. he's done some of his own music to, to the background of it. It's really, really good. You should have a watch of that. I have done. And there's it some guys good, yeah. playing this weird kind of bowling, indoor sort of almost like pinball bo- pin bowling, where you dive on the floor. You throw it in a certain way, you dive on And I used to play that in that place at Christmas parties for my work where I, used to, where I was an apprentice. Wow. It was a right love. He used to get really hammered on beer and just play a stupid bowling game. It's great. It's a lot of fun. God. Mr. CNP. Yeah, it's a Chris long Parsons. one, this is. Hi, Vervik. Great to be able to play along again on Mappy, and I still do like the game, but I can understand people find it frustrating. I totally did the thing where you learn more about the game and try to max the score by collecting items in pairs and catching the big cat hiding behind stuff. I couldn't do that. As a result, I died more and scored less. I never knew there was an order to collect the items in, so I have to go back and try and get 100k one day. Also, my monitor is missing blue at the minute. Do you know where it is? It's hiding me on the sofa, I expect. It's in it. It's in his game, Big Blue. Oh, yeah, he put got all the blue, every blue he could find, and popped it in his game. Yeah, it's good, that, isn't it? Mm. See how clever I were there. Yeah, very. Mm, I better carry on. Which, combined with my colour blindness, could make it hard to differ- differentiate the mouse copper and the cats when jumping up and down on trampolines. Regarding the 16 and 1, I haven't given it enough time to come up with a dream list of vertical games, but I always thought that Commando was a strange mission. Yeah, because what's the one that came after Commando? The, the cowboy Gunsmoke. one we played. Yeah, because that, that's on. And do you know what? And- I thought Commando was on there. Is it so obvious it isn't? Do you know? It's not, is it? Can't, no, it's, it's not. It's not, but you think it would be. Mm. How queer. He mm. mm. says, thanks also for the many shout-outs for my Vectrex game. Your last two podcasts, listen to it twice each, have helped me through many hours of gluing boxes, making up carts, and packing up parcels. If you could get the next one out for Monday, that would be great. This is when I get the next batch of PCBs. Do you know what? I've got Chris's game. It's absolutely brilliant, but I can't play it because my Vectrex isn't working properly. Ooh. That's another thing I have to do over the weekend is take that thing apart and get it working. I think it's only mm. something simple. I really want to play it. It's got use one of my new controllers on it. It's absolutely awesome. But yeah, it's a really good game and I really want to play it. Oh, mm. here's one from uh, Daz Darren Borg and Greg Pell. These are the guys down under in Australia. Mm. So basically... Greg Pell, he says on Facebook, Victor took a gamble on an untested Turtles PCB and very happy with the result. Time to knock off that high score and he's put a picture of it all working. But Darren Dasborg from Retro Domination Podcast says, can't get into this game no matter how much I've tried. And then Greg's replied with, I love it for some reason. I don't really like maze games. This and Ladybug is about it. So I replied to that saying, Borg, don't stand in the corner until you realise how wrong you are. Pell? Top of the class. You may go home early. <laughs> that's what happens when people agree with me. They get to go home early. And the last one. Yeah, Mr. Tagster. L- loved the Mappy podcast, guys. Finally listened to all of the back recordings and the Toa Plan special. <gasps> and, and the Ollie interview. They were a great listen. I'll for one. Oh, my God. What a collection. Looking forward to Battle Back Raid. He was the only person looking forward to it. No, he wasn't. And on that s- somber note... Bum, 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 Star Wars, sorry. I don't know, I was trying to be somber. <laughs> you fool. 
shout out. Right, first shout out, obviously, to Scott Lambert at the Underground Replicate for sending us our care packages. Do you know what we're going to have to do? Get his size and get him an arcade t-shirt, an arcade, ten pence arcade t-shirt, maybe. Mm. Oh, I thought something else we can get him as well. Go on. We'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> He'll like that. Everyone who asked me if I was going to the Play Manchester or Steve Bonehead's meet that happened last weekend, thanks for asking. It was nice to be wanted, but I had my I had my own plans with the uh, anniversary weekend, which I really mm. enjoyed. Mm. Uh, six wonderful kids. Six wonderful kids. <laughs> six wonderful years, you crazy kids, I was going to say. Yeah, six years we've married. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Six awesome years. Mm. Yeah, so everyone's kind words for my wedding anniversary as well. We really enjoyed ourselves. Very nice. Oh, John Singletary, one of our listeners, who sent me uh, a scan of the centipede backdoor sheet, the one that tells you all the dip switches and bits and bobs inside. They're usually stapled to the back of the door of the Atari cabinets. So I haven't got oh, one of those in mine. It's missing, so I will print that out and pop it in there. I've got an A3 printer. Oh, that's nice. Oh, and another thanks to Gareth Woodham for those memories he sent me on the Weymouth 1986 video. Mm. Awesome. Tis good. Tis good. I want to give a shout out to everyone I met at Play Expo. Like I said, the podcasters, the YouTubers, the listeners, the gamers, the the shamers, the lamers. There's some lamers. The famers. <laughs> the famous lamers. Yeah, everyone. I really enjoyed that weekend. It was so good. Nice one. Mm. Right, we have no tech tips this week. Uh, someone has asked for a super gun tech tip. Mm. Which is basically an interface to play arcade game machine arcade games on a TV with standard video game controllers. I will do mm. that because there's quite a few super guns to go through, and there's quite a few tips for getting a decent one and all that sort of stuff. So we will do that next time. Do you like my picture of a really super gun? You've in put the a really massive notes. Nerf gun with a kid playing yeah. with it. I'd say that's super, it's wouldn't it? Pretty super. <laughs> but you can't play Frogger on it. Dull. No, no. Okay, let's have a quickie musical interlude, and this is going to be from our this week's game, which is some really yes. cool music from Battle Backgrade. It's very good. It's excellent music, and this track is called Following Wind. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
featured game review. What you've all been waiting for, kiddies. Except me. Yes. Battle Backraid. And what's that? How do you say that Battle in Japanese? Battle That's really good. 1999, eighting and rising game. They were the same company. Eight-way stick, three buttons, 240 by 320 resolution, running on Toa Plan version 2 hardware, which by this time was eight years old. They're still pushing this hardware. Sort of a custom, had custom graphics chips and stuff on it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. It was the sequel to Battle Garage, which is still regarded by many on the Shmups Forum and other places as the best shooter of all time. I disagree. <gasps> Two things. Mm. One thing, I didn't know this game had three buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it had two. And Battle Garriga, or Garage as we call it, it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. I had a go of it because I know it's tied to this game. It's a sort of sequel, a prequel, sorry. And you, you can't see that. It's a bullet hell, right? We know there's lots of bullets mm. on the screen. That is a given, right? That's no, I have no problem with that. But the bullets aren't brightly coloured like a lot of the, the new games. They're just the same colour as everything in the background. I'm so yeah, glad they dyed all the bullets pink on the next game. You can't they're see realistic, anything. aren't they? They're supposed to be realistic silver-looking missiles, but you can't see them. Yeah, but in games, if a, if a bullet was coming at the speed of a bullet and the size of a bullet, it wouldn't be a game, would it? No. It'd be bright pink. Yeah, they did change it. They did an, another version of Battle Garage with brighter bullets. Really? They did do, yeah. Not all the bullets have changed, but a lot of them they've changed to to more sort of a brighter colour. Oh, that's good. They tried to fix it at least. Mm. Nice. But they did fix it for this sequel anyway, mm. which mm. yes, which is a near, near, it's based in a near future, vertically scrolling shoot 'em up with slightly jazzy looking tanks, planes, ground installations, and the that kind of normal stuff. Nothing too imaginative in the graphics, Eminies. I'm afraid. But Eminies, they're Eminies. Is that when you shove a pipe at your butt? <laughs> no, that's an enemy. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, gameplay. I have put this into three categories, right? Go on. <laughs> the, first of, uh, the, the first gameplay I've called the simple stuff, the first gameplay category. This is a bullet hell. A bullet hell, if anyone doesn't know, is where there's hundreds of bullets thrown at you, usually at a slower speed than a lot of other shooters, but sometimes not. Mm. And you and you you have a small hitbox, which means the part of your craft or avatar or whatever that can get hit is much smaller than the actual size of your craft. So in cave games, you have a tiny hitbox where you will only die if the bullets pass directly through the middle of it. And it's usually brightly coloured, or you can see the difference between your hitbox and your actual craft. Sometimes you can. You can on stuff like Death Smiles, isn't it? Yeah, because it's just the heart, isn't it? I think it's just your heart. Mm. If that gets hit in Death Smiles, you lose a life. But if it hits your head Mm. or your legs or whatever, or part of your broomstick you're sitting on, you don't get get killed. Mm-hmm. So this this enables you to scrape your way through fields of bullets, bullet curtains, as they call Do you it. Not in scrape Japan. Is. No. It's a disease that sheep get. Is it? Fact. What happens to them? They get scrapey. <laughs> I don't know. I think their legs fall off. Oh no! So they just become a cloud. Yeah, a fluffy, a cloud. fluffy cloud. 
or eat fluffy float off into the sky. I wonder if all the clouds are sure, sheep. Sure, then. sure, sure, sure. Yes, right Back yeah. in the room. Standard, standard level layout <laughs> with popcorn enemies. Popcorn enemies are cannon fodder that be, can be killed with one or two shots. Call them popcorn enemies and shoot them up. Mid-sized craft and EOL bosses. I've done another TLA there. End Do of not... level bosses. Yeah. TLA is a three-letter acronym. I like them. It says EOL end of level bosses. We were playing the normal course, which consists of six levels. The f- level one and level six are always the same. The other ones are in random order. Okay. You've got auto fire, bomb. That's button A, button B. Button C is change position. I and did be- not know that. Oops. Change be- position, position and behavior of the options, which are the small wingmen that can be collected up to a maximum of six. You can have them moving around. You can have them spinning around you. You can have them protecting behind you. Mm. And you can have them, if you move right, they go left. There's lots of different things you can do. I didn't know anything about. Uh, basically, I think it's better just to leave them. Well done <laughs> me for being an ignoramus. Leave them where they are. Mm-hmm. And there's also a small flame burning at the front of any ship that you choose. There's nine ships. And that can be used to destroy enemies without firing. Do you know what my favourite ship was? Um, Metal yeah. bat. There's steel bat. Oh, I like Saber Tiger, and I played them all actually. I played the one in the middle. I like that one best. Oh, while the bullets vary depending on the ship you choose on the start screen, the smart bomb is the same for all ships. Pressing the button releases the bomb. But you hold the button down, and the bomb keeps going up the screen. Release your button B. The bomb explodes. The longer you hold, you are invulnerable while the bomb is exploding anywhere on the screen, even if you're not in the bomb's radius and bullets are hitting you, are still invulnerable while the bomb is exploding. Yes, so it'll get a get out of jail free type thing, that isn't it? It's if you're in jazz. trouble and you drop that bomb, you're, inst- you're invulnerable for a little bit. Mm. You have five power up types, these are all going by destroying baddies in the background stuff. You've got a shot power up, a side shot power up, which is your wingman's shots. No, it's not. It's your normal. It's shots on your side of your ship. Option power. No, hang on. Yeah, I think side shot is your wingman bullets. Option gives you another wingman. Small red bullet symbols that, when collected enough, you've got to collect forty of them, give you another bomb. Yes, you get tiny ones, and then you add them all up. But you can still use a bomb when you've got less than forty. The bomb's just not as powerful. Mm-hmm. And you get bronze medals, which we'll talk about now. This is part two of the gameplay, which is getting even weirder. Meddling. Ooh. Don't meddle with me, son. Meddling, kids. Meddling, young fools. Collect the medals that appear when you blow stuff up to continually increase the medal values, the medal multiplier, from 100 up to 10,000. If you miss one as they're dropping down the screen, your medal value will will go back to 100. But... If there's still one on the screen, so if there's three, three at five thousand, yeah. and you let two, let two drop, and you collect one, your medal value stays at five thousand. Oh, I did wonder about that. The next load of stuff that you blow up, it will release six thousands. Ooh, see what, see what I mean? So you've got to keep, you got to keep collecting one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is a way to increase the 10,000-point medals to 100,000-point medals if you collect one during a multiplier. Ah, this is where you get the massive scores, which I could not get. Moving on to multipliers slash chaining. Once you destroy a medium or larger-sized enemy, a timer starts. Hit another enemy before the timer reaches zero, and the timer is increased, 
and your multiplier goes to times two. Mm-hmm. Now you can keep doing this. You can keep hitting these enemies and destroying them, and the multiplier goes up. If you if you do them in time, don't let the timer reach zero. You can't see the timer. You can on cave some cave games. Oh. On cave games, it's a bar that goes down. Okay. And Dodon Patchy and stuff. But you can't see it on this. But you can get up to time 64. So on the first baddie, the end of level boss on the first baddie, you can get 100,000 points. Yeah. And if you've got the time 64 bonus, you're going to get 6.4 million. Oh, my Lord. Which I never did. I watched a video on someone getting 11 million on the first level. Mm. And I tried to replicate it and could not. I think everyone has and no one can do it apart from some guy we're going to talk about in a bit. Yes. Mm. So you've got your meddling, you've got your multipliers, which is also known as chaining. In other bullet hells, chaining is started on all baddies, not just the medium and larger sized baddies that this one does. Chains, you say? Rank. Doing well on this game increases an invisible value called rank. Collect power-ups, medals, and not dying will make the game harder. The rank goes up with faster and nastier bullets. Rank can be decreased by dying. Oh. Expert players suicide before a big battle, reducing the rank. You've got to have a load of lives for that. Ah, okay. Mm. But you get an extra life every two million. So if you get... 11 million on the first level, you got five extra lives straight away. Yeah, that's what they do, yeah. I don't. That's what they do. Mm. I don't. <laughs> so this rank on this game starts in the middle. So it doesn't start at easy and get harder like it does on Arm Please Batrider and other games. It starts in the middle, so you can reduce the rank and increase the rank. Oh, okay. But it's something that is divides opinion i'm i'm not so keen on rank because you play better it gets harder Ooh. mind you it's more of a challenge isn't it yeah it's very complicated isn't it there is this is the fourth bit of complication what there's an yells, oh my yells. god come on there's another way to reduce rank and it's called grazing oh is that when cows eat grass in a field yeah with a with a cloud sheep oh disapproving sheep very, very apt. <laughs> Grazing is letting bullets pass through the parts of your ship where there is not a hitbox so you don't die. Oh, yeah. And you get little sparks come off your wings. I don't know if you've ever done it, where the bullets pass through. I got killed a lot. <laughs> Which is one In step the... beyond grazing, I think you'll find. Mm, dead. Yes. Mm, that's called coffining. Coffining. Mm. Yes. The bullets graze your ship... In some bullet holes, you get points for this. In this one, it reduces your rank. Okay. But it's so hard. More to tactics. Do. Oh, my Lord. There's many other things to do on this game. The many other game changing options. I'm just going to go through these. There's so much in this game for what looks like a shooter with loads of bullets. There's tons to it. That's why I chose it. We were playing the USA Unlimited version, which has all the courses and ships unlocked, mm-hmm. but it's not so on the other versions. Mm. Different button combinations on startup will unlock different ships and different courses. The, the original Battle Backgrade only had four ships. Oh, okay. On the craft selection screen, start your ship... Uh, sorry, select your ship with either A, B, C, or start to give you a boost to your main shot. So that's press A. Bomb press B, side shot, press C, or speed, press 1, uh, press start. Okay. And 
your ship changes color and you get that throughout the game so you don't it i was always just pressing a to start and that gives you your normal bullets boost yeah but you can do others oh this mm. is almost like um like the konami code isn't it yeah on, on console games you sort of do a few button presses and you get different things at the start they don't even tell you about Mm. And we were playing the normal course, which is normal, strangely enough, with six levels. Mm-hmm. I put five there, cretin. There's there's a training level, which has got four levels, and if you get well, if you're going to get killed, it sets off a bomb for you. Oh yeah, so I've played games like that before. They have an auto bomb. Die. Yeah. The hardest level is advanced with eight levels, and there's a boss rush, which is really good to play. That just get endless bosses coming at you. Yeah, some of the some of the riding games a bit like that, aren't they? The, the riding mm. fighters games a bit like that, and they're crazy. Yeah. They're even crazier than this thing. Crazy food. You get. You can also have when you start. You can have a player select or team edit, which means you can pick one player for all three lives, original lives, or you can pick three different craft for each of your three lives. And that becomes your team, as it too were. Too much choice. Don't like I know. It. Too much it's choice. Let it. So, level order select, on-screen scoring and multiplier information, bullet color change, auto-fire rates, and audio cues for chaining can all be enabled through in-game button and joystick combinations. Do you know what? I'd have the color of the, bu- the bullets. Brown. Brown, because it's poo. Yes. <laughs> What I was finding on the very first level is if you kill a load of baddies at the start, you get this chain coming up that's saying a thousand, a thousand, a thousand at the top. And when I wasn't getting these thousands coming up, I thought I wasn't getting the points. But you are getting the points. You've just not enabled Ah. the the on-screen ticker. I think it's called a ticker. Yeah. And what you do, you press up, right, diagonally up, right, and one of the buttons. Oh, obviously. To enable this, to enable this score on the top it's left, it's almost like a HUD, isn't it? A heads-up display tells you what's going on. When I watched Mr. Radis playing on his video, he had all that going. I was like, "Mine hasn't got that. How does he get that?" So most of the times, you do that by kind of accident, and it comes up. Yeah, okay. And you also change the bullets by accident by keeping your finger on C and wobbling the joystick around. Oh my god! Yeah. So there's so much in this game, and most of it I ignored. <laughs> I just played it. I just played it. Play tips and secrets. What's your play my, tip my on this? My first one is brilliant. When you're yeah. playing right and you start mm-hmm. off, if you shout yeah. "Earth biscuits" yeah. at the screen, that helps. I've found. Ah, mm-hmm. I'll have to try it. Firing the bomb will pause the multiplier timer, as will dying allowing you to rack up the multiplier before the timer drops to zero. Expert players use this on the bosses to keep the multiplier going and gain huge How points. can you That's keep an eye on a multiplier timer when you're dodging all them bullets? Yeah, and half the time you can't see the, t- you can't see the timer. No. It's invisible. Or the bullets. Or anything mm. else. You get more points for killing enemies with the flame on the front of your ship rather than firing. Ah, okay. That's, that's very hard to do because you've actually got to... Get right up close to them and touch them, yeah. Up close and personal. Ooh. There must be millions more play tips. My main play tip is dodge stuff, shoot stuff right in face. Mine was just shoot stuff in face. Swear at screen. Yeah. Graphics and sound. Lots of good rousing tunes. Really varied music in this. I thought it was really good. Uh-huh. 
Graphics are detailed and well animated, but are standard aircraft shooter fare and lack a bit of imagination, in my opinion. A, a bit near future. There's a few sort of slightly futuristic looking stuff, but it's just a standard aircraft shooter, I think. Yeah, the, but ni- nice graphics. I find the problem with these type of games is there is so much on the screen, you can't enjoy the beauty of the graphics. And the graphics are beautiful. They're really mm. nice. They're really well done. But it's, it's like looking out of a train window. Everything's going by so quickly, you can't enjoy it. Mm. But that's why I prefer a game a bit more sedate, like Goanga, which, yeah. which is like set in, in ancient Japanese times. And it's a bit of a slower game. There's lots on the screen, but it's a bit slower game. And the screen scrolls in different directions quite slowly as you're moving around. And you can actually take in all the graphics. And it's a really beautiful game. And it's got awesome music. As well. I really do like Goanga, and we will have to do that one day. I will, su- I will surprise you one day by choosing that, mm. which is a bullet hell game, a cave bullet it hell. It is. But yeah. it's a really nice one. It's a really nice yeah. one. Yeah, oh, well done. Yeah, but I think games like that, they allow you time to appreciate the hard work because they obviously did a lot of work making these games look so good and sound so good as well mm. so I, I do I love the look of these games they're sort of like I think they're is it 68,000 CPU hardware I would have thought so it looks like it I think this is yeah 68xx something yeah. yeah so those 16-bit graphics are probably probably my favorite of the arcade genre though that sort of mm. era of graphics a really nice pixel art I really like so yeah it's too fast and too much going on to look at it and notice it. You're too busy staring at your ship, trying not to get hit by everything that's coming at you. You can't look at the massive ships and the, you know the creepy crawlies and the the monsters and everything else that may be coming at you. You can't even look at it. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Yeah, with, with bullet hells, you focus almost on your ship and the immediate area around. Yeah, idea. exactly. And just you don't even look where you're shooting off. You just keep your finger on the bullet and the bullet button, don't you? Yeah, because a lot of the time you have such a widespread of bullets, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're going to hit it. It's like hitting a barn door with a cannon. you just got to survive, haven't you, long enough for the, the bad guy to die while you're dodging stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love that, though. I know you do. You're weird. Mm. Should we do some scoring? Because the scoring is, is quite varied, isn't it? Yeah. So at the very bottom, and it's still a good score, is our VIP. With 988,520. Normally, that would be an amazing score for another game. Mm. Uh, Chris MCBL, Mooncrest a bootleg. Yeah. It's 1,048,060. Stacey King, 1.263 million. Jonathan Keane, 1.3 million. From our GDS podcast. That's Mr. Muscles himself. Yeah. Cine Steve, 1.325 million. Mark Happy Dude, 1.386 million. Me, 1.49 million. I haven't got a clue how I got that. Haven't got a clue, but I did got some multiplayer going and you don't realize don't you probably i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was i was looking at yeah i was getting yeah no i, I don't believe no gary ferguson 1.804 million tronads 2.08 million ian cullen 2.309 million paul mcgaskey 2.474 million brutal level 3 2.613 million neil 20 to 5 r neil out of his box at last 2.864 <laughs> million madsteed.com just pipped him at 2.894 million Tagster, 3.507 million. These are getting good now. Ross, 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 Ross. 3.66 <laughs> million. Charlie Farr, on his own track, obviously won. 3.888 million. Peter Kamen, Sweden, 4.005 million. R. Sean, 4.401 million. And Mr. SM Radius, insane, 
Charlie yes. Farth godlike stature he's got here. 33.593 million points on this game. Ten times more than any, or eight times more than anybody else. He is very good at these bullet games, isn't he? And there's a Twitch stream that he has recorded on Battle Backgrid where he gets a 25 million. Yes, have a look. Which at I that. was watching. So we'll put a link in the no shows to that. And I couldn't and copy that at all. I tried, but I couldn't do it. I tried many times, and it's. I think it's all in the timing. You, you get. He got sort of a six million and a nine million on the first guy, and the guy is a large enemy. And he has little little cannon ports that open and batteries that open. Yeah. And you bomb one side of him, so you're getting the multiplier. And the bomb is, is getting all six things at once or whatever. So that multiplier is going up. And you shoot in the other side of him. And then you bomb the other side of him to keep the multiplier going. And then you die. Oh. Which, which freezes the multiplier. The and when you respawn, you start with another bomb. So you bomb again. Oh, this is too complicated, man. Uh, and you, you can't bomb anywhere near We're him. We've got to I'm... shoot stuff in face! Because if you bomb too near him, you're going to destroy him without the point. I don't care. I want to see next level. Yeah, so it's very technical. And try as I might, I couldn't do it. I did get a million on the first guy once. I think that's where I got my high score, you know. I think I did that. And I think I got to, like, level... I think I did the level, the second level boss and then got killed halfway through level three. I think that's as far as I got. I got to the very last boss. So... Level six. And I've not done it. I might try and 1cc this, you know, because I got very close. Yeah, just get through it. I think you probably do that quite easily with your shooty skills. Uh, the last boss is really hard. It's one of these... Cave, well, I say cave games. It's a prequel to a cave game, isn't it? Almost, almost the same thing. It's one of those mm. games where you can do the game quite easily. It's not much of a challenge to do the game. But to do the game it with is. all the high scores and the multipliers and all the stuff you just spoke about and get a monstrously huge score is where it gets difficult. And mm. that's where the skill of these kind of games players go to. Yeah, this game came out in 99, and I think Cave were getting into their stride. You know, all these people come from Toa Plan, yeah, right? Yeah. R- Rising and Cave and Tatsumi and that. Yeah. And this game just becomes be- comes before when the bullets were becoming like these beautiful patterns that Cave had. Yeah. This is a bit more like spit out the bullets all over the place. Yeah. But the cave, the cave bullets, they became these gorgeous patterns that filled the, the screen. mesmerising patterns. Yeah, yeah, and you can just weave through them. But this was a bit before that. But I really, really like this game. That's because you, know. you are very wrong. <laughs> as usual. Oops. So, what kind of... What kind of format did this come out in? Did it count in a cab at all? No, I think it, I don't even know if it was even a kit. I think it's just a PCB. Nearly all Japanese kits came with a PCB, a flyer, and a little header to put in the pops, which is like a marquee on top of a candy oh, cap. Oh, yes. Yeah, they didn't have side art or, any, or control panel art or anything like that. It was just usually a pop and maybe a mm. flyer you know, to sort of put in the, the side of the machine to tell you what the, bu- the buttons and the, and the joystick did. But yeah, they're very flimsy on art, these uh, these later games, aren't they? Mm. The flyer artwork's really good. It is, it's lovely. It's really nicely mm. drawn, isn't it? Mm, like loads it. Of, loads of planes with explosions and fire. Explosions! Right, some trivia. Triv. Tell me about Triv. Triv. There's two links here. One is an in-depth study of the game mechanics. So that's a link there. Some that's really good. There's another one on from hardcore gaming 101 one of my favorite that's sites a great site. 
which is a feature on the Rising, so it goes through all their games. Mm-hmm. And what they say, I've got this from somewhere, I can't remember. Rising's company name is a common Japanese pun. It obviously sounds like a, the English word rising, yeah. although stylistically spelled, but pronounced in Japanese, it's read as Reijin. This means God of Lightning, hence the lightning bolts in the logo. Oh, of course, yeah. Is that mm. something... Is, is Ray, you know the word Raiden? Mm. That's got lightning bolts as the eyes as well, hasn't it? It has. What if that's something to do with uh, that sort of thing, a play on words? I could be onto some. Oh, those Japanese are clever, aren't they? Hang on, just pause the podcast while I learn Japanese. Hang Quick. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's you're fun. right. Mm. Ports, sequels, legacy. Battle Garega is the prequel. And oh, you've put this, and it's almost impossible to play. It looks very similar, but the bullets are... Everything coloured. <laughs> That's why they're almost invisible. Yeah. They're awful. Hated it. Really hated it. And you did back come out on the Saturn as a Japanese-only release. It didn't. Oh, that was Garage. Yeah, oh, okay. Garage did. Garage, but a Garage. Yeah, I think it only came out on the arcade, this poor, poor game. Mm, good, because everyone hated it. Overall thoughts, do you want to do yours first? These kind of games are very hit and miss for me. I don't have the patience to learn all the scoring methods like you just talked about. And I'm more of a got a bit further kind of guy than a scoring guy. So I'd, mm. I'd prefer to get to like level 5 out of 6 than get 76 umpteen billion points. Doesn't mm, bother me. me. I'd, like to sort of, I'd, I'd probably like to finish the game if I was going to play it properly. So, yeah, we also had... The scoring for the uninitiated, like me, is totally random. Because we even had Vip commenting on Twitter when he got his 988,000. How did that happen? Mm. And I still don't know how I got my score. Nor care, might I add. But it was just <laughs> one of those things where you sort of like, where did that come from? How did I get that? It's like you sort of picked up something you didn't even notice you picked up in, in the, the madness of the game. But it was obviously I must have got a... Uh, a, a multiplier up and then killed something big and got a big point score out of that. I, I don't know. No idea. It is a bit obscure. On, on the chaos games, like I said earlier, you have when you start chaining, you have a bar that goes down. So keep that bar above zero. Yeah. And your chain goes up, and it gives you actually gives you a hit combo. How many craft you've hit in a row? You know all this hit like, combo like business. Dodon patchy and stuff. This is this yeah. is getting into almost the same territory as fighting game combos. And they're pointless to me. I just don't know how they work. And I think it would take all the fun out of playing the game, learning all the mechanics of it, because you have to be really critical and, and very precise, and I think it just takes the fun out of stuff. That's mm. probably because I'm a yeah. simpleton. I've, I've put... I'm not disagreeing, you see. I've put, the complicated scoring systems on these games do nothing for me at all. I do not really enjoy the chaining or the meddling, etc. But what I do really love is the gameplay style. It's a dodge-em-up. Yeah. The, bu- the button bashing is left to the one side and the fire button thing is taken away from you, so you're just left with the immense feeling of slipping between volleys of bullets looking like a bowl. Right. Looking like a bowl. You know, I didn't agree with you a second ago. Mm. I'm sort of agreeing with you now after that statement mm. because on one hand I like hitting the fire button lots of times mm. I really like doing that I don't like holding the fire button I think it's a bit of a cheat when you hold the fire button down but it's good for certain games it's good for bullet hell also if you like that sort of thing you will love some of the mobile phone versions of cave games because I've got a few on my phone when they were free a certain mm. version I got them and there's one of 
oh the 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 Beatle one Mushi Himasama Mushi Himasama Futari I got that and basically you're firing all the time you just steer around with your finger on the screen and it is a mm. lot of fun weaving They've in and out of the bullets it. it's really good isn't it it's all right there's no joystick though so. and it's the same as shooty skies that that's mm. the sort of like an old school kind of blocky graphics 3d thing and you just sort of move around the screen and just fire at stuff and that's a lot of fun as well so i get mm. where you're coming at from those points of view but i like to hit you hitting the fire button a lot so i like to get a decent leaf switch fire button and just yeah. pummel it i like doing that it's just it's just a thing I like doing. I don't like holding a button down. It seems a bit of a cheat to me. Well, there's fours and against. I like the auto fire, but I also love games like Star Force where you have to batter the button. Yes, definitely. And, and it's such so satisfying when you're hitting it that fast that anything that comes down, you just cut in a cut in a swathe through them like a scythe through some big long grass. Scythe. Where they scything. Where they where the cloud sheeps once were. Indeed. So yeah, that's about it, I think, isn't it, for this game? Definitely a big thumbs up for me. I would like to one CC it, and I've got a feeling if I do, I'll have a score of about four and a half, five million. So it's still nowhere near Mr. SM Raiders. And you'll also win the right to be alone. Oh, that's great. It's all right that sometimes, you know, our day at work, sit down. Have a, have a bit of a alone time. Pink bullets in your face. Bit of, bit of a weep. Yeah, I would as well play this game. <laughs> when I was playing this game the other day, I just got bored with it. I just couldn't be bothered with it, so I played 1942 in Volgus instead. And was rubbish mm. at them as well. Oh. So, yeah, not a happy time, that. Oh, dear. So, our usual segments now would be Cabs You Never Knew Existed and Hardware Heroes. But because of time constraints... We haven't been able to do those, but we will in the future. We've not exhausted those two yet. So that's about it for us. And we've got one last thing to do. Next show's game. Okay, go on. I do not know what this is because you never write it I never tell you. This, I told you. You've been doing all this rubbish 1999 pink bullets, hell, confetti rubbish. (laughs) I told you on our little notettes we have together. It's going to be a Stone Cold Classic. Mm. Go on. New Rally X. New Rally X? New Rally X. Look how excited you are. Look at his little perky face. A lot better than old Rally X, which is very difficult. The dip switch is on New Rally X. Remember, it's New Rally X, not the old Rally X. New Mm. Rally X. And the dip switch is on main. Our service mode off, obviously. Bonus life, 20,000 and 80,000. Difficulty, three mm-hmm. cars easy. And the rest of the things don't really matter. Easy, I like it. Easy. So, yeah, right. get on with it, kids. Hope you enjoy the game. You will enjoy it. It's a great little game. It's on mm. the 19-in-1, and it's also on the 16-in-1, isn't it? But it's orientated the opposite way around. It's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. play it on the 19-in-1 if you haven't got it, an arcade cab of it, or... Main, if you want to play, and also cards. a four-way stick is almost essential, essential. on this. A four-way stick, one button. Mm. Hope you enjoy it, and we will talk to you next time in two weeks' time. Yes, thank you for listening, kids. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 Arcade, 
and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 